Alright, yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode. I am D-Wall Jones, and today I have another special guest for you. Uh, this is a great dude that I've known for a few years now, man. And uh, it's, it's humbling to be around somebody with this kind of heart and passion for the game. And you know, just to see where he came from and see where he's at now, it's dope to see now. So, I know this is my little intro, but I'm going to really let him introduce himself for you guys. So, welcome in, my bro, Eric. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? I'm Eric Adams. Uh, I knew I'm known B Ball Jones for, like you said, a few years now. All through, I went to Sanford University, and um, I met him while I was over there. And uh, I was at Sanford for five years. I walked on when I first got there, and uh, I just worked my way up from there. I'm now now going to my fifth season professionally, so just trying to trying to keep it going as long as I can. Some great guy right here. here. Worked plenty of camps with him. Got in the gym with him plenty of times. So just family, <laughs> family pretty much at this point. So just happy yeah. to be here. Happy you guys be on. Man, I appreciate you hopping on, man. So uh, tell the people where you at right now, man. It's pretty interesting to hear about. Uh, I just I just touched down in Finland a couple of days ago. So getting trying to shake the jet lag off. You know, getting into practices, getting another guys, getting other coaches, everything. So. Still early, but you know, I think I think we're going to look pretty good this year. So that's the that's the hope. That's the hope. So what's it been like over there, man? It's been a crazy experience being overseas like that. Yeah, it was. Um, um it's a it's yeah. Like I, I've enjoyed it. Like I played uh, in Sweden my first two years. So like fresh out of Sanford, I went to Sweden, and that year was for sure a, a shock. But I don't think I really could have went to a better place um like everybody was super nice english speaking basketball wise everybody on my team was cool the coach was really he believed in me which is all you can ask at any coach honestly and um yeah it worked out we won the championship my first year and then i ended mm-hmm. up going back again and then we played um my european competitions where we go like basically all around the world playing different teams like we we flew to russia to play we flew to romania bulgaria Belgium, like all while you play playing against the Swedish teams. So um, yeah, my my first two years was definitely an experience. Then um, my last two, I've been in Geneva, Geneva, Switzerland, and uh, that was a whole another experience. Switzerland is just beautiful place. Um, yeah, we had another good team over there. So now now I'm in Finland trying to do the same thing. So it's it's been a journey, man. Like it's. Like I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do this. Like, like I said, I was a walk on. Like I wasn't even thinking professional like, at any point of my of my career. So um, yeah, like it's it's just a blessing to do to do what I'm doing right now, and just gonna try to keep it going, keep putting my all into it. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you that. Like, when you're growing up, did you see yourself like being able to be a pro at this level, going overseas and doing everything that you're doing right now? Absolutely not. I was, uh, I didn't even make the team until my 11th grade year. Like I was mm. like, I tried out seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, got cut every year. And I feel like that's where like, I got like my competitiveness from, like, cause I'm really competitive. Mm. I'm really like, I, I, I like to win all that. And I think like, that's where it kind of like built from like, basically like, you're not being good enough. <laughs> so it's like, you getting hit with that every year. And like guys are in the gym and practice all that. I'm in my yard. Like in my yard, yeah. trying to get better. So like it, it was, yeah. Like it, it's 
never, I never, I never imagined this, but I mean, I guess it just shows like what hard work, hard work does. Cause I mean, that's really all it was. I didn't have, I didn't necessarily have a vision, but mm-hmm. I knew I was going to try to work harder than the guy next to me. Like that's mm-hmm. like, I was really good at like setting like immediate goals. It's like, okay, I want to get on the same. I want to get on Sanford's basketball team. I'm trying my hardest to do that. Got on the team. All right. Now I want to try to get some minutes. Dude, work as hard as I can to get some minutes. Now yeah. like, I'm playing like two, three minutes and I want more than that. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. what I got to do to get what I got to do to really get on the floor. So it's like, that's kind of how I built it. I know a lot of guys are like, yo, I'm trying to get to, I, I want to be pro. They thinking that like from like 10 years old, which is mm-hmm. great. But I'm like, that's just, that's just not how my parents was really, was really raising. They're like, yeah, like, they hit me with like, you know, 1% every basketball, like a basketball player is going professional, all that. I'm like, yeah, like, they right. So yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was, I was, they always had me focus on school, which of course they should have, but um, yeah. basketball has always been the passion for sure. For sure. Like I always loved it. I always loved watching it. Like just everything about it. So um, yeah, like, like to really like go back to your question. Like, no, I never, I, I could never imagine what I'm doing. Like just gotta thank God really. Like I had, I had no clue. This is where my journey was going to take me at all. So mm. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, like you said, you know, you didn't make it team to 11th grade. So what made you keep going and what was like the decide? Because, you, you know, a lot of kids at that point where it's like, I'm still not making a team. I'm still not here yet. So, like, you hit a crossroad decision where it's like, do I keep pushing regardless or do I give up and try something else? So what was that conversation you had with yourself? What happened to make you keep going? Um, I think it was just that feeling, like that feeling you have when you, like, you think you're good enough, but – somebody else is just telling you you're not. So it's like that, that I feel like that is just like the ultimate motivator. It's like now it's just like, I, I want to prove to, I don't know if it was the coach, like the players, like, you know, like it's high school, like middle school. So it's like, you know, like everybody like throwing little shots at you, all that. So it's like, yep. that like that kind of, kind of puts a little battery in your back. So like mm-hmm. by the time I made it in my 11th grade, I'm on JV the whole year. So I'm like, I'm not even playing, I play one year of varsity. So, mm-hmm. It was just like prove, like get on the team, and it's like try to show what I can do. And then, I mean, when I made the team, I wasn't thinking about playing playing college. So, mm-hmm. like, like I said, everything was just immediate. Like, okay, like I want to get on the team. All right, I want to see if I can play. And then it's like once you get out there, it's like, huh, like, like I, I'm better than I thought I was. Like, or or these guys aren't as good as I thought they were. It's like one or the other. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, like you hit that point. Like I, I did hit a point where like I thought about it, like eleventh grade year. Now you thinking about like college, like what what you got to do, like what's the next step. And that year, just my the high school coach saw me playing in his PE class. <laughs> he saw me like score a couple times. He's like, "All right, come up here like six a.m. Like let's let's just try you out." And then put me on JV and then varsity mm-hmm. the next year. So like, yeah, I definitely hit a crossroads, but. Like I said, like when like passions and stuff, everybody's gonna hit a crossroad. Like what you really love, what you really want to do, like everybody's gonna have to hit that. Basically, sink or swim. Like what you want to do. Like is this really what you want to do? If not, then you're gonna have to pivot. But like I knew I loved basketball. Like I just enjoyed it. Like if I wasn't playing professionally, I'd probably still be in the gym somewhere. Like just playing. Yeah. So it's like that's just I've always had that love for it, and I think that's just like when you hit a crossroads, that's what's gonna push you through. Like every time in mm-hmm. whatever you do. And then I feel like if you're in something you don't love to do when you hit that crossroads, you probably it's probably gonna be real tough to like get through it. So yeah. like yeah, like it was just the passion, the love I had for the game. My family supported, of course, but um yeah, like it's you, you gotta have it. Like you just gotta love it to to do like to do 
to this basketball, what you know, like you, to do it at the level, like high school, college, beyond that, like you got to have some some sort of love and passion for it. Yeah, and you went to Hoover, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hoover. Right. So what what was that like? You know, up there, because Hoover. Ooh. I don't remember what, what were we all like around that time. We all up there. We all, I don't remember what we all like. Uh, basketball wise. Yeah. Uh, basketball. My my senior year when I was on varsity, we were good. Like we were, we went twenty one and up, and then uh, mm-hmm. we ran into Justin Coleman and then Winona. Oh yeah, and, uh, that game. <laughs> that game was crazy. Like every coach from like this, every college coach from the state came. Like game was packed out. They beat us, but um, we were we were actually good because you know Hoover's known for football. Like they had two days of show yeah. growing up, like on MTV. But um, like that was like my junior year, they were good. Then my senior year, we were really good. Then after that. They were like in the final four and like winning the championship basically like the next like three years. So mm-hmm. Uber Uber was honestly like kind of just prime at everything. Like they were still winning the football track they won every year. Then basketball just kind of comes out of nowhere. So it was like yeah. Uber was really like a little powerhouse over there. That like while I was there. So and there's you know, Uber's Uber's always always gonna be Hoover. So Yeah, Hoover footballs, this that's we ain't gotta talk about that. That's that's them. Mm-hmm. You know, Definitely. but Definitely. <laughs> and then boys basketball it fluctuated. It has times where they're really great, yeah. and it's like a year or two down. So that's why I can mm-hmm. remember exactly where y'all were around that time. Yeah, like the coach yeah. I had, he was, was there for a while. So um then I think he left a couple years after, got another job in uh I forgot what school, but in Alabama. But um yeah, it was Hoover. Hoover was Hoover was. They call it. I mean, they call it Hoover U for a reason. <laughs> Like it's, yeah. It really, it could really feel like college at times. Like, had a lot of, a lot of students, a lot of athletes, like just everything. Yeah. So, for you to be at a school with a program like that, you know what I mean? At you know at a high level, like you say, twenty one and zero. So, what was your workout like on your own to build up to be the player of that level? Because you know what I mean. You you came from nothing to on the team now. So, what was your workout like personally to? Get to that level. Just to, um, my workout coming out, like to get on the team. What was I doing to get to that point? Yeah. Um, it was like a, I was I was in the yard grinding. Like I, it was it sounds like kind of like cliche, but I was like ever since I was a kid, like I was really good at like imagining. So it's like I was like I watch a game or something. Then like I watch like I remember watching like Tracy McGrady, and then like he had like a big shot game game where I go out and I'd be just working on that. Like I want to do that. I'm, yep. like, I'm not Tracy McGrady. But I'm like, that's yeah. how like I just wanted to emulate everything I saw. And I feel like that kind of comes through in my game because I'm like, yeah, I play the five, but I can put the ball on the floor. I can shoot a little bit. Like, I, I can do other things. And that's how my dad taught me how to play a game. That's how he played the game. It's like, you got to be able to do more than one thing. You can't, mm-hmm. can't limit yourself. So, yeah, that's I was in the yard just doing whatever. Because, I mean, when you're, when you're out there by yourself, ain't nobody putting no, no guidelines on you and uh, trying to box you in. So, I'm like, I'm out here doing whatever yep. I want and trying to – just get just get rhythm, just get everything. And um it, I think it just came together. Like I was always tall, but um by my junior year I was probably like six five. And then um like I and then and I had like a little bit like I could play. So like six five in eleventh grade, you could play a little bit, like coach wanted to give that a chance. And yeah. um yeah, like once once he had me try out, they saw him basically they saw me dunk one time and it was like, Okay, well like he, he could at least have a spot. And then yeah. um yeah, and then from then on, like, in high school, it was more like I was just trying to keep up, 
in a way. Because, like, the guys that were on the team were guys, like, I knew from, like I said, seventh grade. Like, they, they've been on the team the whole time. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, these guys, these, these guys are way ahead of me. So, right, let me let me try to copy what they're doing. Like, let yeah. me try to, like, that, I'm learning from them. And then, um, yeah, like, that's, that's kind of the approach I had to take. Like, I didn't really know any better. I was new to it. I was just kind of happy to be there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like, I say college is when, like, I really – yeah, turned the corner for me when, when I got mm. to Santa for sure. Yeah, that that uh outside training when you still in the mood from a player like that, I think that's, that's really how our generation grew up hooping for real, for, for sure. real. Like for sure. we didn't have a trainer. Like some of us had trainers, but most of us didn't. Yeah. So it's just like you watch the highlights from last night's game, and you, exactly. the next day at PE or the next uh, day after school, usually outside trying right. to move. And that was our training practice, pretty much, man. Like exactly. <laughs> And it's like your ball rolled down the hill, you gotta go get it. So it's like you can't miss the next shot. It's like yeah. they put some pressure on yourself. Like working outside is different. Like and like yeah. of course working with trainers, like all like all through your uh like childhood and all that is good for you. But I feel like I feel like the way we, we came up in this basketball in this basketball world is is different for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I try to tell it to the kids I'm training. I'm just like, man, y'all gotta go hoop more. Like I can train y'all and stuff, but it's like don't nothing teach you basketball like playing the game itself they say real world experience you need, you need live experience that's it like you can't cones cones don't move cones ain't cones ain't trying to pressure you like your trainer's basically just rebounding he's telling you what to do but like once you have like a real defender guarding you and all that like that's when that's when like your brain clicks like that's yep. when you're like and then you do a move that works and it's like oh that's like this is how i do it like doing it with the cone, it's like you can get the rhythm. Like you can, and you make make all the shots you want. But like once somebody like actually puts some contact on you, it gets a little different. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, man. So, um, you talked about how you went to Sanford. So, how did you get to Sanford to get in a situation? Like, how how was that set up? Because you know, one year of varsity to Sanford, which is a D one program. So, like, how did that happen? You know, from Hoover to Sanford. Yeah, um, my mom. Actually, she taught. She taught in the law school for like fifteen years, going coming up into my freshman year. So I was probably I was going there regardless. Like she worked there. Like it was just a good situation, not far from home. Like I grew up in Hoover, so like I was going there as a student. Like and like honestly, it was. I don't know. If you know Dr. Gregory, but she works at Sanford. She uh, she's a friend of my mom, and she was like she knew uh, at the time it was Benny Seltzer. He was the head coach. She like kind of knew him a little bit. And uh, she was like, ah, oh, let me let me email him, like tell him like you, you got a little bit of answers, blah, blah, blah. And like she literally walked me over there to his office. He was like, okay, yeah, like you can go out there and play with the guys. I think this was like early August or something. I'll walk out there, and uh, you know how it is in college. Like the guys looking at me, they kind of start laughing. They like, all right, man, you guard him. Like, all right, they put me on Rajon Kelly. This man, he was like second team All Conference the year before. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I had no clue. I'm like, all right, bet. Like, he's, he's skinny. Like, I'm like, okay, like, I think I could check him. Man, yeah, he might have had all 11 on me first game. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that really, I, was, I went home like, yeah, like this, uh, this, this college level a little different. Like, this yeah. is a little different. Then, like, then they kind of like, they joked me and they're like, yeah, like, we put you in. We were kind of messing with you. You wasn't supposed to be able to guard him. But um, that was in like early August. And then, like, once school came in, I went back to him and they like, they knew who I was. So that, they gave me a chance. I, I actually got in at like the last week in conditioning. Like mm-hmm. like it was like oh, like September, last week in conditioning. And I'm just out there just like just trying to just trying my hardest just to keep up, just to do whatever. And um yeah, like it was 
that's what they told me. There's like just the fact that you like could get through like conditioning, like just fresh out the classroom. Like these guys been running for like a month. It's like you mm -hmm. like you got through it. I wouldn't say like I was winning nothing, but it's like you you did it. So they're like, yeah, yeah you, you did, like you know at least get a spot. And then just went from there. Um, it was a rough year, but that uh, that's that's how I got on there. Um, it was basically a connection through my mom. Like my mom worked there. I was gonna go there as a student, then it was kind of like, well, I might as well like see see what the coach is talking about, and yeah. it just ended up being a blessing, <laughs> and that's 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 all I can say. Yeah, that's really a test of your heart and your character. Like you said before, like you're competitive, and like mm -hmm. you could have easily went out there, like you got an opportunity, but you could have went out there and just been like, yo, I'm not in shape. Like you could have used that as an excuse of why you're not performing, but you was like, I'm gonna finish anyway. And that's really what kind of, in my, you know, my little perspective, what got you on the team, you know, it's like so many kids have a situation where they could have made it, like you could have just maybe been on the team, might not have played, but I mean, you got a lot of heart. And I'm telling what you can do when you actually up to speed with everybody else. So I feel like just you having a heart to compete and still show up, that's kind of what got you on the spot. That's what, that's what, um, that's what a lot of coaches look for. Like it's, when you get to a certain level, like especially like college, like everybody can play. Like everybody, mm -hmm. like everybody on that college level can play. So it's like, what's yeah. going to separate you? Or is it going to be like your heart, your effort? Like, and those you can't teach those things. Like some some guys yeah. gonna play hard, some guys aren't. Some guys are gonna dive on the floor. Some guys are gonna like put their nose in. Like we're, we're like, hey, like some guys aren't. Some guys are like, okay, yeah, you got it. Like I'm, I'm cool. But that's I think that's what separates a lot of players. And that mm -hmm. that's that work ethic, that effort, that heart. Like that's literally what separates a lot of players. And that's stuff you can control. Like, I can control if I go as hard as I can. Like nobody else can control that. Like you can you can control like you can control to a certain extent whether you make a shot, but like at some point like it's gonna be out of control. Like if it goes in and out, like there ain't nothing you can do about it. But if I'm yeah. playing hard defense and I'm trying to like if I'm thinking in my head this guy isn't gonna score on me, like I, that's me. Like that's I can control that. Like my competitive yeah. like my competitiveness, like how how hard I go, like how like just yeah, just stuff like that. Yeah. So tell me about your experience at Sanford, man. You finally made the team now. So like, what was the first few years like? Um, freshman year was rough, but um, like I said, it was a uh, it was like I was a walk on. I came in late, so I, I had no clue what I was expecting. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I'm I'm juggling like conditioning, practice, class. Like I don't know what's going on. So like I get through that year, and like I'm not gonna lie, like I thought I thought about hanging them up. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, like this. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this might not be for me. Like, it was yeah. like my grades were suffering and everything. I'm like, I wasn't getting nothing right. I'm like, I'm not playing and I'm getting bad grades. So I'm like, this, like, something got to give. But, um, like, the next year, the assistant coach got uh, promoted and he, like, Coach Scott Padgett, he got, um, he got promoted. Coach and he, yeah, he gave me, he gave me a chance. He, he sat me down. He said, like, yeah, like, I don't, like, I don't really see, like, the walk on tag with you. So, so like in practice, all that like he, it's gonna be it's gonna be fair game, and but that's literally all I can ask for. Like that's that's mm -hmm. it, just an even playing field, and like from then from then on, just work my way up, work my way yeah. up day by day, and um, Coach Fair in the weight room for sure it was huge, huge in my huge in my development. Like I can I went to Sanford, I was like six six, like one eighty five. So like it, by the time I was like. My sophomore year, I was probably like two ten for sure. So mm -hmm. it's like Coach Ferris, like Coach Ferris had me in that weight room a lot, which I thank him for. <laughs> like I wouldn't be here without him. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So how did you learn to balance, you know, schoolwork and basketball and everything? So like, I know that's a tough balance that everybody has to deal with. And you know, for you personally, how did you, you know, deal with that balance of it? Um, just, just focus. Like I said, like with everything, like focus, effort, like what? This is this is what you signed up for. Like, <laughs> you're a student athlete. <laughs> Right. Yeah. This is what you want to do. You want to play in college. You got to go to class. And you got to play. You got to produce. So like it was kind of like the realization where it's like nobody's gonna feel bad for you. Like nobody's gonna feel mm-hmm. sorry that you gotta get up at six a.m. and lift, then go to class at eight. Like nobody cares. Like yeah. teachers don't care either. Teachers like yo, like nope. you late. Like you, yeah. So that's like it's kind of like getting introduced to the real world. Like you gotta, you gotta kind of like toughen up. Like all right, this is this is what we doing. And like I look yeah. back, I look back on like my whole college career. Like you definitely like you learn so many lessons. Like you learn what you can do. You learn like learn just so much about yourself. Like just juggling all that and like well, I'm like now, like I don't even have class. So I'm like if something like goes wrong or like something gets tough on the court, it's like well, I'm like you someone tough tough on the court back then. Like you handled it then when you was juggling everything. So it's like yeah. it's like references. So um, yeah, yeah, that was that's that's really what college was for me. It was building blocks like this Talk, like just toughen me up like just mentally mentally just got to get through get through classes like yo you got to test got to study don't care if we got to practice tomorrow don't care if we got a game like you got to study you got to get these grades right because they're looking at the whole gpa too like you can't be bringing the team gpa down so yeah yeah it was like yeah was, you, you learn a lot about yourself like you you, you learn you really learn what you made of so yeah yes so scotty yeah when where did when did that birth like where did that come from that literally came about like literally the tryout like i was trying to try out so like they had me like they threw me in a workout and i don't even know what drill it was but like i just went up and like dunked it like to me like it wasn't even anything crazy and like the coach just like it was jay kedrick the assistant coach he like kind of looked you're like, what? We got Scotty Pippen in the building. He's like, Coach, look at this. We got Scotty Pippen. And like the whole <laughs> gym starts like dying. And like literally from that day on, like every player, every coach like knew me as Scotty. Like from then on, like I couldn't shake it. I didn't want to. Like it was a good nickname. And oh, yeah. um, like I, like from day one, like from day one, that was the nickname. And it stuck ever mm-hmm. since. Stuck ever since. Because when I first got to meet you, it was like, one person call you Eric, and then most people call you Scotty. So I was just like, "Who is this Scotty yeah. person?" Like, who, I'm, I'm, yeah. it was two different people. So I was kind of confused. Yeah. But yeah. then I remember how no, I got it worst. put together. Yeah, right. yeah, that's the worst. I, I got, when I was at Sam, I would, I would never know how to introduce myself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm Eric. But then like, if I'm with like a basketball player, like, no, it ain't Eric, it's Scotty. Like, <laughs> so it's like you just kind of juggle with that. But I mean, it's a good problem to have. I didn't mind. But yeah, it came yeah. from like day one, day one. Yeah, that, that's a dope nickname to have to be named after Scotty, Scotty Pippen. So can't complain about that one. So how does it how did it feel to play at Sanford, man? What were some of the best games and memories that you have up there? Um it was it was amazing to play at Sanford. Like just like that D1 experience. So it was like you're playing high majors, you're playing all types of different teams, you're traveling. So like I think it was great. Like we played against Louisville, played against like Donovan Mitchell and them, played against like Cincinnati, mm-hmm. played against like so like you play against high level players, which is all you can ask for. That's the most you can ask for. Yeah. And um 
yeah, like in conference, we were competitive. Like had like one year we had uh, against Wofford, we had like a four overtime game like at their place. And that same year we had a two overtime game at like our place against them. So it was like we played like we played Wofford like six overtimes that year. So it was like it was just it was competitive. That SoCon is SoCon. I, I don't know if it's slept on now. Like it has respect, but like, SoCon is serious. Like just competitively, like inside that league, like it's really competitive. So yeah. um, I think like I just think like being in that sort of like environment where like every game like isn't going to be there's no walk in the park, like mm-hmm. none of them. So it's like that has it wakes you up every game. Like <laughs> every yeah. game you got to be on it, on it. Like there, yeah. there's no days off. So what would you say is your best game and or your favorite game? My I'll go with favorite. My favorite game. Like when my at Sanford? Yeah. Or okay, at Sanford at Sanford. Um at Sanford, I would say my favorite game was Chattanooga my senior year it was our first conference game and i think chattanooga was like supposed to be really good they were like kind of the favorites going in and we just came in and just ran them off the court like it was was that was when we had like justin coleman like we had shark we had dyson thompson like we were like we were good like we just came in and like just got them up out there i think that was like my first game where i like where like fans were even like oh like who's this like I was like I was going to like everybody like just like the team looked good like we were all like playing together I think that was that's the one I remember a lot and um, I remember that Louisville game just, mm. we lost by a lot but I'm like just just the environment like it was Rick Pitino's last like last year coaching mm. um, they actually couldn't make the tournament that year but they were like they was almost like national championship favorites that year they had Donovan Mitchell come off the bench they had Damian Lee starting in front of them that's like. <laughs> But you, we didn't have really nothing for them. But uh, it yeah. was amazing, amazing experience stuff. Like that was, I'd say like that was one of the most memorable ones. Like just to see like, like this is the level, like this is the level you gotta be at if you like, this level people's at, like we watching on TV. It's like yeah, watching yeah. on TV is way different than actually standing next to them and like having to box them out, like having to try to get a rebound oh, yeah. over them. Like just a completely different game. But um, I say those are like my two most memorable from college, I would say. So who else were some of the biggest names that you played against? Like you just mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Who were the other, you know, might might not have went pro, but like just bigger names or, you know, bigger talent that you played um, against? Played against. Donovan Mitchell was on that team. Damian Lee was on that team. Matthew Ames, the big, the five, he was on that team. Well, we played Cincinnati. They had, um, what's his name? He's a, he played on the Rockets. Well, I forget his name. It's going to come back to me. Um, we played Texas. Who's on that Texas team? Um, Roach, like Kerwin Roach. He was, I don't know if he made the NBA, but he was good. He was like super athletic. Like he was on the ESPN top top 10 like every week. Um, we actually beat Nebraska. I don't think that was, I don't think they had like any like super big names, but they were, they were good. They're big 10. So that was a huge win for us. Um, but yeah, like, I think, I think those were uh, like Damian Lee, Donovan Mitchell, and then, um, but uh, Cincinnati, they had some big names on that team. Oh, um, Jacob Evans was on that Cincinnati team. He got drafted by the Warriors mm. that year. He was yeah, on that yeah. team. Um, so yeah, like we played against some big names for sure. And then I actually redshirted a year, and I think that year they played uh, Purdue and like another big team. But I, I didn't actually get to play against them. So mm. I played against a few. 
against played against a few. Yeah, y'all y'all had a really good teams. I remember three years probably for you, probably. I say y'all had like really y'all never had a bad team at all. Sometimes y'all had like yeah, a really exactly. talented team, but it wouldn't actually mesh together that well. Together, exactly. Yeah, I remember one year, I, I don't want to mention a year, I ain't trying to, you know, offend nobody. <laughs> y'all had a year where like people were very talented, but y'all just couldn't yeah. put all the pieces together and then like y'all had yeah. a lot of injuries and stuff. So like he'll go yeah. out and he'll come back in and somebody else go out and they come back in. So it's just like y'all couldn't yeah. ever get anything to click that year. But y'all had like two, maybe three years I remember where it's just like y'all got something special in your hands. So right, right. It was fun to no, watch y'all there. Yeah, that was Sanford. I will say about that coaching set, they always brought talent in. Like they, they're always going to get some players. They're always going to get some players. Now whether they could get them to play play together, like that was that was a whole different game. But um, yeah. they were they were going to bring some talent in for sure. Like, there is no doubt about that. Um, like I feel like we were one of the most fun teams to watch in the SoCon. Like we may not have been like yeah. necessarily winning like the championship, but like teams teams knew about us. <laughs> Like when yeah. we came in, like teams weren't like teams weren't sleep. Like teams, teams yeah. were definitely up to play against us. But um, yeah, like you said, like we was, it was like we were like right there, like right on that. Yeah. Like we were just about to turn the corner, but like could never quite get there. Yeah, y'all for sure always had the guard play. Like that's one position, like ridiculous. Like CC, J Cole, like Shark. Now they got Quiz. It's just like ridiculous, endless of guard. Yeah. Even like. Early years, like your first few years, they like get Ray John Kelly. Like, y'all had endless guards up there. It was, oh yeah. my goodness, like <laughs> nasty. For sure. we, we were gonna run that pick and roll. That's one thing oh, yeah. we were gonna do. That's one thing, but no, I, I love my guards. Like, like you said, CC went to Louisville after he graduated, Justin Coleman went to Arizona after he graduated. That that speaks for itself. Like, yeah, and both of them went and started at both of them, Pac 12 and ACC. So it's like yeah. that speaks for itself about like the talent they was bringing in. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was fun to watch y'all, man. But um, so tell me about from Sanford to first year pro. Like, how was that transition happening? What did you? What was the process going through to get from you know collegiate to pro game? Um, yeah, like I said, I had no clue. Like, I wanted to even play professionally. So, um. Like as soon as I graduated, like just kind of ages just kind of start hitting me up. And I'm like, who are these people? Like, there's actually, oh, you want to play? You want to play? You want to play? And like, literally, like, call it. So it's like, okay. Then um, you kind of like go through that sort of process, like figuring out. Cause like, and then like a couple of my teammates were going through the same thing. So we're talking to like the same people trying to, we're talking to each other, trying to figure out like what's going on. So um, like after I, I picked my agent, he, uh, he got me into the Eurobasket showcase out in Vegas. So I had to fly out there in like June and um, I was out there for about a week and we had to play. It was like the same time as the summer league. So we had to go out there and play and I played well. Like they had a, they had a top 30 all-star team and a top 20 all-star team. I made the top 20. So like I got some looks off that. Then my, the coach I played for in Sweden, he was actually watching it. Then uh, started talking to my agent and then eventually offered me. And then that's where, that's where I went my first year. And it actually, it actually happened pretty quick. Cause um, like I went out to Vegas, I played played well, and then like literally like right before I got on the plane to go back, like I started talking to that coach, and then I probably signed like within the week. So how fast was the whole process, you know, to get to the showcase and from showcase to sign with the team? Mm, I say like within like two weeks. Like showcase was a week, and then that next week I was probably signed. 
So like yeah. it was, it was a legit, it was, it was like Eurobasket, like overseas, like that's like one of the biggest kind of like information things. Like that's like, they got the website, they have everybody's stats, like every team, like every, that's kind of like the database. Like if you want to keep up with like um, European basketball. So um, like the guy who was running it, he was like, yo, if any of y'all don't have an agent, like uh, he was talking to like the all-star, the top 20 team. He's like, yo, if any of y'all don't have an agent, just come to me. Cause like all y'all should. So, um, mm-hmm. like, it was – there was a lot of good players. Like, Isaiah Williams was at Sanford with me. He transferred to mm-hmm. Georgia State. He was there. Um, Rion Holland was at – Mercer was there. Um, Brandon Tab was there. Like, he's he's playing in my league this year, actually. He played at Bethune-Cookman. So, like, there was a lot of – a lot of guys were pro out of that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, the process was super quick. Like, I big ups to um, Eurobats. So they put on a really, really good um, – really good event, for sure. Mm. So how, how did you feel like were you uh nervous to go overseas like that were you what type of preparation did you do for yourself to like be like man i'm finna go like oh my goodness overseas and you know yeah. what was that like for you man, I, i'm not even gonna lie to you i was terrified i was, I was <laughs> terrified i like i had like coming from like i said like i grew up in hoover like middle school high school went to sanford like 10 minutes away like i've never like i've never really been away from home so it's like that year, like right after. So basically, when I graduate, within two months, like I'm on my own in Sweden, mm-hmm. like in Europe. So like that shock itself is is rattling for sure. And um, it was it was rough. Like it was like mentally, like it was rough. Um, just like anybody, like I, I compared it, like that was basically like my freshman year of college. Like a lot of like a lot of students go off, like learn how to get on the own. Like in college, me, I didn't really do that. So I'm like, that's like it took me. It took me about like a month. Like it took me about like four weeks to really like adjust. And then once I settled in, it was it was really smooth. Like uh, great people. We had a really good team. Like I said, won the league that year. Like it was once I settled in, like kind of realized like, yeah, this isn't this isn't bad at all. So yeah. like, there's nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be anxious about. Like once I settled in, everything everything just came together. So what is the uh, Sweden like? What is it like over there? Like just culture-wise and, you know, off the basketball court, what is it like over there? Um, it's, it's similar. The people the people are different. The people were kind of a little shyer than Americans, which, like, is fine. But um, culture-wise, it's, it's, it's really Americanized over there. Like, it really is. Like, the mm-hmm. food isn't much different. Like, everybody speaks English. Like, they, a lot of people I met, they was like, yeah, like, they taught me English, like, when I was in second grade. Like, so they speak in English just as good as us. So it's mm. like that that adjustment was really easy. Like that's one thing I really appreciated because like a lot of a lot of these like a lot of places players go like there's there's not much communication at all. So it was yeah. like you're just kind of guessing around all that. But in Sweden it was it was really smooth. Like everybody spoke English. We didn't have like the food was really similar to back home. And um, yeah, the people the people were cool. Like they're not as I don't know, like, as, like, I don't want to say, like, warm. Like, they're not cold, but, like, you know, I, like, Americans, like, see you walking down the street, they'll, they'll speak. Like, it's not yeah. it's not like that over there. But, like, the people were still really nice. They embraced me, which I have love for them, like, always for that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was an adjustment. More for me, like, it was an adjustment, like, mentally more than culturally. But, um, yeah, like, it was, there's, there's subtle differences, but nothing too crazy when I went to Sweden. Mm-hmm. So what was that mental adjustment you had to deal with? Just, um, I think it was just dealing with 
you know, adversity, like whether, like whatever it is, like whether you have a bad practice, whether you get mad at or get frustrated with the teammate, whether the coach gets on you. So it's like, usually it's like, okay, like I go home, I can talk to mom and dad or I could do that. But now it's like, all right, we're seven hours difference. So it's like, if I call them, I don't know if they're in the bed, I don't know if they're at work. So mm-hmm. you like just dealing with stuff on your own, which like I said, like a lot of people do like go through that in college. But for mm-hmm. me, like I went through that, like really like isolated, like my first year professional. And um, yeah, it was, it was rough. Like, like I said, like after that first month, like I, I really settled in and then um, like my teammate, like just gotta, gotta get around your teammates, you gotta get around like, just gotta get around some people, like just get around, like find your, you know, find your comfort zone. That's it. That's it, wherever, wherever you are. So with, with that adjustment, like, I know me personally, I like, I like to play mind games with myself. You know, when you're struggling through something, you kind of have to play a game with yourself to either, like, make it not as big as it seems or you have to just, like, coach yourself through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, how how did you personally overcome that thing? You know what I mean? Like you said, like, you can't go to mom and dad like you used to. So, like, how did you personally overcome that pocket of, like, I'm uncomfortable over here. I have to deal with X, Y, and Z. So how did you personally, like, coach yourself through like what do you mean what is your process of going through that process at that at that point in time my only my only like fallback was to go back to my mindset i had when like i was like a freshman at sanford so it was like i was just on go like play as hard as you can like dunk everything like i'm talking like i'm just aggressive because like that's like i don't like i'm not comfortable here so it's like i'm a i'm gonna make people adapt to me which honestly mm-hmm. like isn't always the best the best way to do it but like that's that was the only way i knew how to do it because i'm like like i said walk on like you're scratching the clawing for everything so yeah. like i'm i'm trying to prove like i belong here and then like literally my coach comes up to me he's like uh like eric like you don't you don't have to talk to everybody like this man like it's okay man like it's <laughs> like, come on man like it's like, we're teammates here i'm like my bad coach like it's like it's just kind of like how, how i'm wired right now but um, yeah, I actually yeah. played with Eric Garcia, who played at uh, Wofford. He broke a bunch of records at Wofford. He was my point guard my first year. And early on, like, I, I think, like, I was – it was it was definitely me. Like, I was – I think it was just subtle, just kind of – Wofford beat us, like, every year. And I just think, like, it was just me and him would just kind of go at it for, like, no reason. And then, like, literally, like, after, like, I hit that mental block, after that, like, we were, like, the, like best friends. Like, that's my guy to this day. And I'm like, I, like, to this day, I feel bad. I'm like, what was I doing? Like, I was <laughs> – but like that was it. Like I wasn't wilding, but like on the court, like you know how it gets. Like I was just intense. But like yeah. that was the only way. Like I, that was the only thing I knew at the point. At that point, so um, yeah, like it was. I just like when you like. I think when you hit like adversity, like I think you're always gonna kind of revert back to your habits, like whatever. Like mm. whether it's what got you there or what like what like what your foundation is. And like to me, I reverted like what got me there. So I'm like, mm. what put me on the floor of Sanford? I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the same thing and try to get me on the floor out here. And, like, out there, it's a little different. It's like, yo, like, we we already know you can play a little. Like, we already know you can play. So yeah. it's like, let's just – we're trying to get the team to come together. Like, we you don't have to prove anything to us. So yeah. like, that I, that was uh, that was a big adjustment. It's like, now, like, we've seen you play. Like, we, we, we you're here for a reason. It was like, oh, like, learning how to play. Now learning how to play, like, that confidence, like, mm-hmm. building off that. That's That was what I was really having to learn. Was it hard to take your like carry your confidence over from Sanford to over there? Mm, no, it wasn't. If, if I mean, because what they what they brought me over to do, like I can do 
Like they want mm-hmm. me to come over and be athletic. So like, yeah. you want me to go dunk? Like, okay, I can do that. Like, you want me to catch lives? I can do that. So like, that was kind of like my safety net. So like, they mm-hmm. didn't need me to come over there and like shoot forty percent. They didn't need me to come over here and like I, I don't know. But um, like they wanted me to be a pick and roll player. Like we had good guards, we had really good shooters. So it's like, if you're if he's playing us, it's like, well, you gonna give up a dunk or a three? So it's yeah, that's uh, like the adjustment was really easy. Like I just slip, like, I just fit into like a really like perfect team for like my my um, skill set. So um, it was like for what they needed me to do, it really wasn't like. I was, I was pretty confident in what I, I what I could do when I got out there. So your game didn't change too much from you know Sanford to Sweden. No, no, not in Sweden. My I had to change it when I went to Switzerland. But um, in Sweden, my first my first two years, it was a lot like Sanford pick and roll, hit them on the roll, like little dump offs. They switch, throw it inside, like play the mismatch, like real like simple, simple yeah. stuff. So yeah. You said you won a championship here. Like in Sweden? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won in my rookie year. We won in my rookie year. We were mm. that team was that team was good. Like played like fifty games. I think we lost like ten. We were like forty and ten. Like we were tough. We were we were we were good. We were by far the best team. And um yeah, it was it was it was a crazy season. Crazy season. So what happened from uh from that year to next year? Um so we win we win and then we go home. They were trying to resign me like before I go back, and I was I was talking to my agent. He was like, he thought it was a good idea to go back, and um, I go home. You know, you know how it is over the summer. You're working out, just hanging out, staying in shape. Then I go back, and then um, we had some guys leave, so it was definitely going to be an adjustment. We brought in like new Americans. There was some new Swedish guys too, so it was basically a whole new team. So like that was that was an adjustment trying to fit into like a. Like the the year before, the team was like perfect for like me personally, like shooters, mm-hmm. and then I was just rolling. Like that's that's hard to guard. Now I'm yeah. playing with like kind of more like scores, kind of like facilitators. Guys need the ball, so I'm learning how to play off them now, which is fine. Like I, everybody needs to learn how to do that. If you want to, you want to keep doing, you want to keep playing at a high level. So um, yeah. yeah, like that was. I say that was the only difference. Like it was, we just brought in different players, and then there's always going to be a little adjustment period. Mm. Cause I was going to ask, like, it, how do you win championship and then just switch up like that? You know what I mean? Like, why not just run it back? You know, the same thing. Yeah, but, like it's honestly. the the professional is different. It's different over there because, like, you win a championship and like so a lot of guys that left were older, so it was like we're older than me. So it's like they they get an offer in um, like Spain or somewhere else, then they're like, okay, well, I mean, I gotta go. Like, Spain Spain's a is a really good league. So um, like, it's really just it's opportunity. So like. We all we all saw the opportunity in Sweden. Like we all came together, won the championship, and then that's opened up new opportunities for everybody. Yeah, I ain't mad at that. You know, got to do his best for you. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. So, what was that transition from you from Sweden to Switzerland? Mm. Uh, That's crazy. The coach was different. Team, team was, team was different. Country, country's different. Just everything, like just, it's like a reset. Like that's really what it was. And um, the my my coach that year, he was way more like precise, like almost militant. It's like, yo, you, you're going to be here or it's wrong. Like you're going to be on time or you're late. Like that's it. Like, there's no in between. 
there's no like, oh, sorry, I got hit by a screen. There's none of that. Like, so for me, like for me, looking back, like that's good. And like, that's the, like defensively, that's the type of player I am. And that's why he wanted me. So um, it was more like, it was more like elite. Like it was like, yo, like we're, we're here to win. It was like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do to win. And that year we were, we, we, we took off. We were like 22 and one, like 22 mm-hmm. and one that year. So like that, that strategy definitely worked. Like he, he had us, he had us locked in for sure. And um, country-wise, it was going from the city I was in in Sweden was like kind of like a small city, like not tiny, but like kind of a small city to playing in Geneva, which is a, basically a major city. Like it's a really busy city. And like I, my apartment was in like kind of like the city. I didn't have a parking spot. Like I'm trying to figure out the bus schedule. I don't know how to get to practice. So it's like really learning how to like, just maneuver, like maneuver in the city, like mm-hmm. maneuver, maneuver with the coach and the players. Like they're, they're expecting like a hundred percent, like precise, like everything. And like, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get home. Like, it's like, like, like yeah, I said, yeah, like yeah. back in, back in college, like you, you got to adjust. Like it's, ain't nobody feeling bad for you. It's like, they pay, mm-hmm. they pay. I mean, they're not, they're yeah. not here to hear excuses. Like, they're not, like, yeah, we gave, we gave you everything that was in that contract. So like, we need you to produce just like we thought you would. Yeah. Now I was I'm glad you said that because um back when LaMelo Ball went overseas instead of going to college, it Ooh. became over popular talk of like should more college players take that route. And I felt like more players would, but it didn't make sense for everybody because LaMelo Ball is a big enough name to where he'll go overseas and he can even if he sucks, they're kind of like, Oh, he played overseas, he's playing pro ball, so like let's just take a yeah. shot. Where, you know, Someone like you who's not as big of a name, you go over there trying to stitch on make it to the NBA, it's a little bit different. So, like, right. where do you stand on that from you being the guy that went overseas? Like, do you think more mm-hmm. players should go over there as a route to going pro, or is it more of just like, you know, state of college ball? Like, what do you think? Are you are you saying straight out of high school? Or just in yeah. Straight, straight out of high school. school. Um that that's to go to go overseas straight out of high school. Is it's tough, like, mm-hmm. and like assuming that you're going over there by yourself, like, um, like most players do, like that's that's gonna be a tough, like, for an 18 year old, because I'm like, it's a big adjustment going to college, like, where they, there ain't no language barrier, you yeah. got the same kind of food, you got everything. Now to go to a whole other country, where yeah. they're paying you, like, like I said, they're paying you, you're on a contract, they're expecting, like, there's expectations, like, real expectations in college, like. They have expectations for a freshman, but it's like, okay, it's still a freshman. Like he's yeah, he's gotta develop. Like we ain't gonna expect the same thing from a freshman than from a senior. But yeah. overseas, it's like, yo, we signed you. We we need we need exactly what we asked for. So it's yeah. like like you said, like bigger names and like real like those elite players for sure can do that. But like guys who are kinda like teetering and I'm not really sure they wanna do it, like I feel like it it, it could really get it could really get shaky. If you're not all in, like I said, like if if this is your passion, you're like, yo, this is what I want to do. Like I'm trying to get to the NBA or I'm trying to make a lot of money playing basketball. That's what you want to do. Are you willing to go through whatever to do it? Like then, yeah, like I'm, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But um, just in general, like I think it, I think it's a tough it's a tough adjustment to go overseas at like 18 and like to work like and to be alone. Like that's I think that's the most thing like guys struggle with. Like you're by yourself. Like you're like you're, there's language barrier. You're by yourself. You're going to practice. You're going home. There's not like the social part of it. Like I feel like a lot of people take a hit on that part. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think people 
see the full scope of everything like you just talked about like it's not just you know you're going overseas to play basketball and it's you know kind of cute like you know it's a whole new lifestyle change and like you said being 18 year old sometimes 17 year old like that's a whole nother world like that's like you said college on steroids where language barriers sometimes and depending on the country you go to it's no english at all like the coach don't speak english your teammates don't speak english and you're trying to figure something out and it's like i don't think that makes sense for everybody it depends because everybody's not built for that you know what i mean like I can be alone on my own and I'll figure something out. I can I can scrap and get it to eat. My homeboy over here, he just like, ah, that's that's a lot for me. Exactly. So, like a lot of a lot of you know, uh, a lot of guys that need like a lot of guys that I play basketball with are like really picky eaters. Like they don't eat nothing. They don't eat like no vegetables or nothing. So I'm like, you come overseas, it's like, hey, it's not all burgers and fries like like it is in the States. It's not you can't find any like chicken fingers. There ain't no Saxby's. There's no there's none of that. <laughs> so it's like you're having like you're you're literally cooking like I'm probably cooking like out of seven days, I'm probably cooking like four or five, but maybe mm-hmm. more. So it's like, it's, you're really like learning how to like live on your own. So, mm-hmm. and that, like you said, like that adjustment, that adjustment is harder for some people than it is for others. Like my adjustment might've been nothing. Like my adjustment might not have been as anywhere near as bad as somebody else's. But like oh, for yeah. me, it felt, for me, it felt terrible. I was like, I didn't know what was going on. People like, oh, like what? Like you were, well, like, you just, you can find something to eat like that's like, like no like but I'm like yeah that's what i mean like everybody's everybody's journey and experience is different all right so uh overall what has been your favorite place to play not as far as like basketball wise but like your favorite city to play at mm. i've only i mean i've only played in two cities so like i've played i've only played for two clubs in my four years so like Saudi Arabia, the city I was in in Sweden was a smaller city, but it was 20 minutes from Stockholm, which is a gigantic city. So like you kind of had that, you kind of had that like give and take, like I can chill in the city or I can like go to Stockholm. Like there's everything, like everything, like they have like the old town. Like it's really like, it's really like, it's really like a, you could tell like there's history there. So like it's really like a fun place to like walk around and just look around at. But like Geneva on the other hand is like a, busy city people are working but then it's like surrounded by like mountains there's like a huge lake in the middle of the city so it's like just a gorgeous city and it's like while i was there like i just felt like grateful to like be here like a lot of people don't a lot of people don't even get to go to switzerland in general so i'm like to be able to live there for two years and play basketball like i think that was it was just an amazing experience so i like i say like geneva i think geneva for sure was um was my favorite city like just city wise to live in like to live in for sure Mm-hmm. So, what has been the biggest change that you've seen in yourself being overseas now? Mm. I mean, I would say maybe like my my temperament, like not, and not even like temperament. Like I'd like I just be getting mad, but like just kind of learning learning how learning how not to let people get under your skin or like not let not letting yourself get not working yourself up like people mm-hmm. are gonna try to work you up like you're gonna get like coach is gonna get at you teammates gonna say something but you're you're gonna let them do that but like i i had a habit of like working myself up so it's like i can miss a free throw and be like hot and then next play like i, I might foul just because i'm mad like mad i miss a free throw like, everybody misses a free throw what you foul them for so yeah. it's like learning that like and i think i learned that a lot in my um my first two years 
my first two years, I was fouling a lot because, like I said, like I, I didn't know how to play any other way. Like I'm, I'm trying to earn my spot. I'm trying, like I'm flying around. Like I'm, I'm I was overplaying everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like learning, like just learning, like learning about yourself, like learning your pace, learning like learning your pace on and off the court. So like mm-hmm. that, that was, I think that was, yeah, like it was a pretty general answer, but like just learning about yourself, like because you're by yourself. I, I am, like I'm, I'm alone. So. Like you, you got to get in touch with yourself because you ain't really got nobody else. Like you can call them all on yeah. the phone, but like it ain't, it ain't the same as like being actually being at home. So it's like, my mom can't, mom can't come out to practice with you. Like my dad ain't, that ain't there for you. Like so, it's like you really, you really have like yourself, and that's where you like build your confidence. I'm like, if if they don't believe me, I believe in myself. Like that's that's the one thing like I built. Like I know what I can do. Like and at Sanford, I wouldn't say like when I was at Sanford, like I didn't know. I had no clue what I could do. Like I, mm-hmm. I was just out there just enjoying it. Like I'm out here having fun. Then this first year, like I said, like I'm overplaying by eleven. Second year, I'm like, okay, like now I know I belong. Then go yeah. third year, fourth year, then that's how you kinda like build the confidence. So um mm-hmm. I'd say just like just learning myself, like just figuring out like what my capabilities are, like what what they aren't, like what what I what other players can use off of me, what I can use off of other players. And mm-hmm. um, just on and off the court, like I said, like just just learning yourself. That was I think that was that's been the biggest thing for me. Mm. So what did you learn about yourself? Cause I know like well what's the biggest thing you learn about yourself? Because I know from year to year you probably learn little stuff here and there, but like mm-hmm. what is the biggest thing from Sanford to now that you like, dang I didn't know I could do this or I didn't realize this about myself or like cause you know like me personally, it took me a while to like really learn and appreciate certain things about myself. I've been doing it, but then to finally be aware of like, dang, I'm, I'm able to do this. I'm a great person at doing this. Like, what did you learn about yourself during that whole process? Um, I think I'm good at, I'm good at like observing players like using the team. I'm good at observing the team and like trying to see where I fit in. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to come in and like, just, you know, like this is, these are my shots and y'all are going to adjust to me. Like, that's it. I'm not, I've never been that type of player. I don't think I ever will be that type of player. And I think it took me a while to kind of learn, but like, I've always naturally done it because I've never been that big star player, like the player that taking 15, 20 shots a game, averaging 20 points. Like I've never been that. So like, I've always just had like coaches have always had me adjusting to everybody else. Then when I go overseas, it's like, that's just kind of been like, the natural thing that I, I realize I excel at that. So it's like when I'm on the court, like I'm asking like, yo, like, what do you want? Like, I'm a, like, I'm gonna do what I do. Like, I'm gonna help, like, I'm here to help you. Like that's, so like just learning how to like communicate, like communication is really the biggest thing. I think um, mm-hmm. learning how to communicate um, with people and also with yourself. Like just like understand, mm-hmm. like understanding, like just understanding yourself. Like me, like sometimes I have to take a step back. Like when I'm, when I'm mad and like, I just, on go like whether like I'm arguing or whether I'm playing like you gotta like kind of step like take a step back out of yourself like yeah like yeah. this isn't accomplishing anything like what, like, what are we doing yeah, like, yeah. we're here to we're here to win we're here to play like we, we need to yeah. need to be productive and um I think communication is the biggest thing and it's, and it's something I can still struggle with like on mm-hmm. and off the court and um I say like that's the biggest thing I've grown like I've grown in and I think that's the biggest thing I still have to grow in for sure mm. Yeah, communication has been a big focus for me this year because, like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fairly smart guy. You know, I'm a pretty smart dude. But, <laughs> but you know, 
like I, I was literally thinking about this this morning, bro. Like communication has zero to do with me. It's, it doesn't care about what I'm talking about, who I am or nothing. It's literally about, it's like me and you, it's literally about you. So like, I have to figure out what I'm trying to convey to you. What's the message I'm trying to get to you? So how I say it has to come across to you the right way. You feel me? So like, it doesn't matter how smart I am, how much I know, whatever. If it, if I can't get it to come across to you the right way. So like communication has been a big thing this year. And that's something that, that I'm is, just like, I knew it, like, but like, yeah. That is the biggest point. And I think that was like that that point, that specific point right there, I think is where I struggled. Where I struggle with and what I still can struggle with, like how I like how I give it up, like how I like deliver it. Because you know mm -hmm. me, like I'm a chill, I'm a chill dude. Like I like I am not I'm not really hot headed off the court at all. Like I'm yeah. chill, like we hang out, all that. But when like it gets intense and all that, like I have like a tendency to like just kind of snap because like I'm just in that mode. Like I'm I'm intense. I'm playing the five too. So it's like, I'm pushing, jumping all that. So it's like, even like, if I'm just trying to say something, somebody might just come off. Like, I'm just like, I'm mad at them. I'm like, and then I had to realize that. Cause then if I, if I snap at them and they snap back at me, now I'm hot. So now we're in, yeah, a, yeah. We're in a pointless conflict. And then yeah. like, I'm thinking that they're snapping me, but I'm like, really? You're the one that was, you were initiated the whole thing. Just yeah, because yeah. you didn't know how to like, you didn't change your tone or you didn't really know how to word it. And, yeah. um, I think I think for sure, like learning how to learning how to deliver your message the right way is like yeah. one of the most important things in life. Like you, yeah, like, yeah. you where where you where are you gonna get with like if you don't communicate? Like yeah, yeah, like nobody's gonna care what you have to say. You just like screaming at like just giving like delivering it the wrong way. Like nobody's gonna listen. Like nobody's gonna mm -hmm. care. So um, yeah. yeah, that was that was that was definitely my biggest my biggest. That's still my biggest job. That's that's definitely the biggest thing I got to work on for sure. My communication. Yeah, because like I said, that's my been my focus this year to really get big on that. And like, I kind of knew it was gonna be a struggle this year because that's my focus. So like, anytime you're trying to grow in a certain area, you're gonna be exposed more about how much you suck at it. Mm -hmm. And so you know, trying to like like you said, it's really about how you deliver the message. And so like, uh, kind of like what I learned about myself this year is like I learned that personal me and like business me are almost two completely different people and so personal me like you know i'm a chill dude i ain't no yelling i ain't screaming i'm, I'm really right. chill yeah. business me is very similar but i'm very more direct it's like i don't like something and i'm, I'm gonna tell you i don't like it but i can't do that because it's not the best like you said i can it's not the right message to get across to you and right. so right. sometimes like you said in the heat of the moment you say something but it's like I'm in a passionate moment right here. And sometimes you gotta learn how to separate that to where it's like, you're not taking that too far. Like if you, if we, if we hooping together and you cussing and yelling me out, I don't like it, but I know that's not you. I know that's you trying yeah. to get the, the end goals to win. So have we get to winning, whatever. Mm -hmm. Cool. And off the quote, we good, you know, ain't no personal stuff, exactly. but everybody doesn't understand that to where it's like, yo, what you doing? Like, yo, yeah. you slipping. Exactly. And you're like, all right, man, whatever. So I, yeah. I have to learn how to do that better for myself too. Um, somebody told me, uh, they said, there's always like, you can always steer a conversation the way you want to steer. Like you, you can always like, there's always a way, like there's always a way to communicate whether you like the person, whether you're not, whether they're mad at you, whether they're, like, no matter what, there's, there's a way, like you just got to yeah. figure it out. So like, yeah. that's kind of my thing. Like sometimes I just like say it like, just cause I want like, cause I want to like get it out there and it might be, it might be coming from the best place possible. 
Like I might yeah. love you to death, but if it comes across the wrong way, like it could, like it could end, it could mess up friendships. It could do anything. Like come from, like like I said, could be coming from the best place possible. But like mm-hmm. how you deliver and how people receive it is like almost everything, honestly. Because like that's like that's like the door. Like if, you, if they ain't gonna open the door, then it ain't gonna matter what you're trying to bring in. Like it's, like, yep. it don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Good intentions don't excuse uh, poor behavior. I learned that hard this year. Like. Like I said, my, my rookie year, I learned that too. Like I, I was, I was there to win, but it's like my coach was like, "Yo, like you can't be cussing everybody out. You can't be, can't be like you can't be on everybody like this. Like they've been doing this longer than you. This ain't like you know better." So it was like yeah, yeah. learning how to. And like that's and like I said, I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't thinking that I knew better. So it was yeah. like I was just trying to like I'm just trying to win. I'm mad. Like I'm. This is practice. I'm mad. We lost. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I ain't thinking like. Oh no! Like this guy, I don't know what he's talking about. No, like I'm just mad we lost, and I'm trying to figure out what it went. But yeah. like you said, like it don't matter. Like none of that matters if it's if it's delivered the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. We that's a whole hour conversation you can have right there, man. Yeah. Just on that, you feel me? But yeah. um, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Tell me. Hold on, real quick. I got. A, I just got a quick question for you. All right. Okay. Look. 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 So what is your goal? Like, what are you going after right now in your life, right? Are you looking to make the team? Okay, you didn't make the team, but you're looking to figure out how to make the team coming up. Or maybe you made a team, but you're riding the bench, you're not playing like you want to. Or maybe you're playing a little bit like you want to, but you're not a starter, or you're not finishing the games like you want to. Or maybe you're the player, but you're just, you're just not quite where you want to be as far as recognizing your county or maybe your conference or your state, whatever you're trying to be recognized at. Um, Whatever your goal is, I want you to forget about that. Like, put it like it put it on the board or something. Write it down in your phone and just put it somewhere and tuck it away. I want you to take that goal, throw it over there, and now I want you to write a new one. Right? I want you to write P R O G R E S S. Progress. I want you to make progress your goal. Okay. So take that big goal that you have now and take it put it in your back pocket and just figure out how to make progress and work towards that goal because sometimes we get so caught up on the goal of the the end goal where we want to be that we don't keep working forward and looking working towards that goal like we should be so every day i want you to wake up and figure out how to just make progress how can i be better today than i was yesterday it's new tomorrow the same exact thing figure out how can i be better today than I was yesterday. It doesn't matter how good you are or what you did yesterday. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Your goal today is to make progress be better than you was yesterday. And so just if you need a reminder about that, all I want you to do is to have a reminder. I want you to go ahead and get one of these hoodies. Or you get you a t-shirt. I got a couple options for you. So get you a hoodie or a t-shirt just just to remind yourself, just to keep it as a as a memento. You'd be like, man, today's goal is to make progress. My only goal it's to make progress. Progress is the only goal. So if that fits you and you feel like you need to make progress to be your goal, go ahead and hit the link in the description below and invest into yourself. Invest into that reminder. Treat it like an alarm clock to remind you that you need to make progress. Make sure that you're focused and being intentional about the work that you have today. So progress is the only goal. Uh, hit the description below to invest into yourself. It's not about me. Investing into yourself to remind yourself that progress is my goal for today. So that, that's enough for me, man. I hope I didn't interrupt you. Get back to the episode. I'm curious, man, because I've seen your game grow a little bit and change. Like, what has been like the biggest 
like tweak to your game that you've been having because you like you said before you were basically athletic you know like a deandre jordan dwight howard type of big so like now you're a little bit more skilled a little bit more finesse so like what's the biggest change and shift to your game that you've seen being overseas um i would have to get i honestly have to get it to my coach in geneva he was like when he signed me he's like because most everything i did in sweden was pick and roll and he mm-hmm. first thing he told me he was like i don't i don't really like playing like that but he's like I showed him enough to where, like I could pass, I could put it on the floor, I could shoot, so, like I shoot a little bit, and then like he wanted me to build off of that, which to me, mm-hmm. like at first, like I'm I'm still a, I was still a pretty young player going into my third year. Like in my head, I'm like, like what you don't want to you don't want me dunking, like you don't want to you want like come on, like what, like who doesn't want that? But like for yeah. me personally, that was like the biggest like one of the biggest blessings. Like now I had to just like throw you right back into the fire. Now I'm playing out on the floor. Like that's this is where I have to produce now. Like I'm not getting the pick and rolls. I'm not getting the lobs no more. I'm not getting so now I'm having to figure out like I, I gotta knock this shot down. I gotta put it on the floor. I gotta mm-hmm. hit somebody on the back door. So it's like learning how to um just learning how to play. Like just learning just learning the game. That's it. You yeah. know that you know the European game's different than the um than the oh, game yeah. back in the States. Way different. And like that's I think that's just that's the I think that's the lesson every year. Like that's the that's the goal every year. Just get better, like mentally, mentally, physically, like skill wise, guys are guys guys got what they got at this point. Like, of course, we can still get better, but like mentally, I feel like that's where we're really growing. It's like how we see the game, like how we see the players. It's like that's I think that's where that's what separates the good players, great players, elite players. I think that's where that's where like yeah. that that separation lies. I think it's all mental. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's where I think that's where I've improved, and that's where I'm still trying my hardest to improve is on the mental part. Yeah, like I think IQ over there is different from American IQ. Not better or worse or anything. I think it's just different. So like the way they're taught to train to see the game is different from how we're taught and train to see the game. Absolutely. So like, Absolutely. what are the biggest differences you've seen from like European to American at your level? Um. I think Europeans see the game as a whole. Like I, I just think that's just how they see the game. Like they see basically all ten players on the floor. Mm. Us Americans, how we learn. I think how we learn to play. Like, and it's nobody's fault. Just the way we learn to play. We see, we see the guy in front of us. We see the guy <laughs> who's trying to guard us. Like that's it. I'm like that's that's how we learn to play the game. Like we got to beat him. And it's yeah. like after that, like we're finishing. Like that's what we'd be working. That's all we work on. So yeah, it's yeah. like, um, like Europeans. When I watch, like, I follow like a lot of them on my Instagram and stuff. Like European trainers, they're working on a lot of like fundamental stuff. Get to the paint, two feet, look, pump fake, all that. Like, get a guy like to try to like help kick out stuff like that. Which is, as a team, is a better shot than you just breaking your man down and finishing over the five. So yeah. it's like they see. The, I think they see the game as a whole, but which is why they want they're trying to bring in Americans because every there ain't there's not as many Europeans who could break down the guy one on one like like we can. Yeah. Yeah. So like like you said, like there's no I don't think it's better or worse. I just think it's just how we how we learn the game. Like I said, I learned mm-hmm. the game out in the yard. Like they over here in like Europe, they're playing they're in these clubs. Like the the professional teams have like they have kids all the way down to like eight years old, like working them up, like building them up to where they're finally trying to be pros. So it's yeah. like it's just a different like it's a whole <laughs> different process. Yeah, and if you go to bigger countries overseas, they have like a legit like 
like think about it how they they'll have a pro system so imagine if the, like the the hawks they had a system all the way down to youth level that's mm -hmm. basically what they have overseas to where like they're basically farming you up through the system to where okay exactly. we know we're gonna have scotty come up and play we're gonna have ba come up and play we're gonna have cole mm -hmm. come up and play because he's going through our system so I, all I have to do is follow the system all the way through so it's a exactly. lot different from here to where it's like you have the hawks way over here you have yeah. college teams over here. You have G League over here. They're getting better with the G League team. It's kind of getting there, but like yeah. over here, it's kind of like you got to scrap and get it for, for yourself. Or overseas, it's kind of just like just follow the program. And I think that that feeds back into the difference in play. It's like they're they're built into the club, so the club is going to instill in them what they want to their values, like what they want, how they want to play, how they want their players to look. Yeah. Over in the states, like we're playing AAU, like we're playing. Like we're playing at the rec, like we're just we're on our own, really. Like we're we're not playing, we're not riding around with like our teams all day. Like your AU team is changing every week. Like you know, like you, it's like it's it's way more just individual until you get to college. Even in high school, it's pretty individual. I feel like, like until you get to college, like that's where like the real structure where they're like that coach is going to want you to play a certain way. He's going to have mm -hmm. these goals set out for you. That and then, which is me as a player, that's what I need. And that's what one thing I learned over the years. Like I'm very good in structure. Like I don't. I'm really good in structure. I'm really good. Once I don't have structure, then it's like I, I don't. I don't really know what to do. Like it's mm. not like I don't know what to do, but it like it gets. It gets. It's like a wobble for me. It's like oh, like okay, like ain't got like nobody like oh like new new can't work out today. Like oh, what am I gonna do? Like what am I about to do? <laughs> yeah. So it's like that's that's the biggest thing. So like I just think their structure over here is just different than our structure in mm -hmm. the states like the structure it is in the states is just built to make the best individual player possible which is valuable as you can see as we can see is very valuable yep. but then overseas in europe their goal is to make the best club possible which is just as which is valuable mm -hmm. so like i just think just like you said just different just different iqs just different intentions really yeah yeah, I, I respect the overseas system and how they do it. Um, I remember Phil Handy talking one day, and he was saying how he wish or he sees and at some point Americans adapting some level of that system. Like the G League is kind of getting in place to where it's like a fifth assistant level up there, but he sees it getting to where it's deeper all the way through like high school and stuff. So it's like trickling down a little bit better. So I don't know if we will get there all the way, but I feel like at some point we will adapt a little bit more of that. But we'll see. Yeah, like it, I think I think if we if they were able to actually create that structure, I think it would make for I think a better like pool of players. I just think like the whole like pool of players would improve, but then it might it might bring down the ceiling of your like best player because like now it's like everybody's basically kind of doing similar things. Everybody's mm -hmm. kind of like it's kind of like bringing everybody in closer, which could be a good thing. Like it just depends on who you're talking to. Like I don't, I don't think I have a view whether that's good or bad. I just think, like, work is work. Like, <laughs> work is work. And like, once you once you get out there, you're the best. Like, the work's gonna show. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm kind of like you. Like, I don't really know. I don't say which one's better or worse. I think it's just interesting to see the differences. And like, mm -hmm. we've had a good output so far. Like, we still pretty, you know, still still doing pretty good. So. I can't really complain about what we've had, but of course there's always room for improvement, but I don't know, man. I really don't know. Oh, yeah. 
never-ending question. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So with your name being Scotty, man, I'm wondering um, what player would you say your most – what uh, your current game, who would you say you most similarly, you know, playing like? Mm. Early on, like Sanford in, like, my first couple years, they said I played like Tristan Thompson. Which, like, when I first heard that, I, I took major offense. I'm not even going to lie. I, I took major offense. But then, but then when I look back, when I look back, I was like, I played exactly like Tristan Thompson. But yeah. um, I think now, like, my favorite player, my favorite player is Draymond Green. And, like, I think I try to emulate a lot of everything he does. Like, just offensively, defensively, I just feel like he's the ultimate kind of team player. Like, defensively, especially. And I feel like I feel like that's how I like just try to I try to play defense like him. Like he covers ground, like he's not the most athletic, he's not the biggest, but like he's there, like he's on time, he sees it. It's like he might not even be in the right spot, but like he he understands, like he understands angles, he understands like mm-hmm. he just understands the game. Like his IQ is like unbelievable. And like he's he's really one of my favorite players to watch. Mm. I can definitely see Trisha Thompson from your earlier days. <laughs> <laughs> But from what I've seen a little bit, I ain't seen a whole lot from you now, but like from the little bit I have seen, I can see a little bit more of a Draymond because yeah. your skill over has grown. You're able to do way more with the ball in your hands than just like dunk, put back rebounds and, you know, yeah. little stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. your your game has definitely good. grown from, <laughs> from Tristan Thompson. <laughs> trying, to, trying to move up. Oh, that was funny. But all right, man, we're wrapping up here. Um so I have two questions that I ask every guest, you know, that comes on here. So um, number one, what has been like the the biggest lesson that you've learned from the game? You know, we, we've all had like a coach that gave a little speech during practice or during the game or something. And it kind of just like hit a light bulb in your head or a parent come and gave you some little game or something, you know, whatever you had. So like what was that moment? What was that lesson from you that you learned from the game or that you learned about yourself from the game? I think I learned. I learned you can't you can't control every situation, but you can control how you react to it. Mm. And I think, I think I went through a point where I was reacting terribly. Like I was, I was reacting terribly. And I think the the part the part that like kind of woke me up was like I didn't care like that I that I was reacting badly like that mm. and like me I'm like that's not me like. I, me like you know me like i'm like i, I actually kind of like care i'm like i want to be like the nice guy i don't want to be like the guy you can talk to all that but like there was a point where i hit i'm like i don't like i, I don't i don't care how you how you like who you think i am like what what you care i'm like that's kind of scary for me i'm like you're losing yourself yeah. when like that happens yeah. and i'm like for the game to teach me that i think is crazy and like i definitely i definitely learned that like then over my years like over my my first four years overseas like mm-hmm situations change constantly but like mm. you as a person like you should of course we're going to change but like your core values and how you what you stand on should should never should never mm. and like i think mm. like i don't think mine changed but i think mine started like shifting and like that's when i kind of like like i had to like step back and realize like come on like we gotta we got some mm. we got some soul searching to do but yeah mm. i think i think that was one of the biggest that's one of the biggest lessons i've learned for sure yeah, I recently went through that myself too. Um, you know, had something happen, and it was just kind of like it took me to a ten. You feel me? I was just like, 
And then maybe like a couple weeks later, I was, I was telling my hunger, I was like, I ain't even mad about what they did anymore. Like what they did mm-hmm. is what they did. I was disappointed myself and how I reacted to it. I, why did I allow that to take me to ten? Like, right? It's like you're not. You, it's like you're losing yourself. Like, why? Why are you gonna let somebody else dictate me? Like, literally, like my like my core beliefs. I'm like, this isn't how I act. And you're gonna let somebody like you're gonna let somebody else dictate that for you? Like, that should never be the case. And like, it was it was a little upsetting for me. I'm like, how did how could I let somebody do that? Like, I like. Yeah, and I, like that's that's the challenge I'm still that's the challenge I'm still working on. Like everybody, everybody has emotions. Everybody's gonna get upset, but it's like mm-hmm. you have to learn. Like just everybody says control your emotions, but you, yeah, you just have to learn how to manage them, how to express them. Really, mm-hmm. like just how, how are you gonna express them? Like me, like that that year when, like you said, it took me to ten. I didn't care how I was expressing. I was just gonna express it one way or another. You're gonna hear. It. And I'm like, that ain't the way. That ain't the way to operate. That's not the way to operate on the court, off the court in life. That's just not. So yeah. like I think. Um, Learning how to like express like just like we were talking about earlier communication expressing like your emotions mm-hmm. how you feel like just everything because it, it all boils back down to wins and losses like in my in my field right now so yeah. like I'm I'm holding in all these emotions I'm mad at somebody they probably mad at me they probably not telling me everything now the team's kind of falling apart so like and what I do like we have to there has to be a certain level of communication there has to be a certain level of accountability and. I think like like I said, like that at that point I was not holding myself accountable for, for the mm-hmm. way I was reacting. And yeah. that like you said, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. Yeah, that's that's a tough lesson that, you know, I wish more people learned. Cause I heard this quote and it was saying how um once you allow people like once when some people could say something to control you or bother you, or whatever, they basically not have control over you. Exactly. Ever since I heard that, I was just like, ah, I, I can't handle it. It was heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy. And then, like, then I realized how easily I would let somebody control me. Like, yep. just, I, yep. I, I, when my first few years, like, I could, they could say one thing and I'd be ready, just on it. Like, what, huh? Like, no, like, just be like argumentative for no reason. Like, they might, yeah. they could have been joking for all I knew. Like, I don't know, but it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, that's just kind of like the mindset I was in. But then, like, once you take a step back and like, realize you're not going to accomplish anything, snapping back at everybody, like, reacting mm-hmm. to every negative situation, like, you're not accomplishing anything. Yeah. So, like, that's, that, that's, that's one of the main lessons. I think that's the lesson I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life. Like, that's one thing I'm trying to work on every day. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, brother. I'm, I'm still dealing with that. I got to get that in my heart, man. I got to get that oh, straight. Oh, we all are. We all are. Yeah, so... Um, Last question, man. Um, I'm big on giving, giving people their flowers, you know, because um, a lot of people don't get the respect and recognition they deserve until, you know, it's too late. And mm-hmm. so right now, I want you to give somebody their flowers that you feel like deserve it. It can be uh, a coach that you've had, a teammate, um, a trainer that, you know, whoever that you just feel like, man, that like they're getting slept on right now and they need a little bit more love and respect in their name. So who is that person for you? It can be a teammate you've had, you currently got, a coach, trainer, player, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's so many. That's so many. Because you, I think you take something from everybody. Like, everybody you come in contact, everybody you actually, like, come in contact with, like, yeah. you, you take something from everybody. Whether it's negative, positive, what, like, whatever it is, you take something. But I think, honestly, like, my, my, my first year coach, like, my first and second year coach in Sweden, like, I, I owe him so much. 
so much. Like just like just off the street of him signing me as a walk on out of college, like just off that, and um, like just the way he kind of like molded me that year. Like he was, like I said, like he came to me like, "Yo, Eric, you can't be, you can't be acting like this. Can't be screaming at everybody." Had a moment like during the season where it's like I was, I think, uh, my goodness, like I was, I was so immature. I was, uh, we were, um, what had happened? So we start we start the year with like our full team, and then the five I was putting minutes with. He played at Davidson. He was good, like good. He was Swedish, but he was good. Played Davidson, Boston College. Me and him, so he gets bought out early, like after like two games. So it's just me at the five for about like four or five games. Then they bring in another Swedish guy. He's about like six eleven, like he's big, big dude. But like we're both kind of like mobile, kind of play similar. And then we really start like splitting minutes. So I'm like, and I was playing well at the time. And like there was a game, I think he had like played good, and I wasn't really playing that much. And like you could just kind of see it on my face, like I just wasn't really happy. And like he just said in front of the whole team, he's like, "Yo, you want to go home?" Because it's like you know, like I'm not, I'm not having that. Like we're not like this team. Like this team is way too good for like for one player to bring it down and to have all that. So it's like I had that moment, and then coach like that that coaches me up to this day. Like he, I, mm. he hugged me every day. Like he wanted to meet my mom. Like he was like that's literally one of like my guys for real. And like for somebody to be able to hold you accountable to that level, but still have that type of love for you, bro. Like my uh, his name is a uh, Ludwig Ludwig Degen. Uh, I can't even say, I can't pronounce his last name, but his first name is we call him Luda. But like that, he 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 did so much for me in my first two years. Like just mm. helped me adjust to the overseas life, the professional life, just teaching me about myself, like helping me mature in general. Like I, I owe a lot to I owe a lot to. Him. For sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I respect coaches like that, man, because I'm trying to figure it out for myself. Like, how do you, you know, show all the love and everything without being too soft and then give them the, you know, accountability and the, the tough love and stuff without going mm-hmm. too far left? And like, so I respect any I coach think, that yeah. does have that balance. For sure. I think I think it's just based off respect. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's it. Like if if you show me respect and I'm like, I can't even like, you can't even really quantify respect. Like, how do you, like, what's yeah. like, what is respect? Like, how does somebody give you respect? But it's like, you feel it. So like when, yeah. when somebody gives me respect automatically, I give them respect and I'm automatically, I give respect anyways. Like that's, that's just how I was raised. So I'm like, when I, when I feel that reciprocated, like automatically you want to go like, do go there for him, give him 110%. And I feel like that's like everything just in every, any type of relationship and just in life, it, it, like literally boils down to respect i think yeah yeah man i think that's true um that's perfect you just come down to respect like that's it if, if and like if, respect and i feel like respect kind of feels like a little like i don't know i don't know the word like hard like kind of like oh like respect me like it's not that it's just like yeah when you say something i listen like when you say something like i actually like care like what you have to say not like when, like I said, like when I'm hot, like I just, like, I just wave you off. Like, no, like don't talk to me right now. Like, no, I ain't trying to hear that. Yeah. Like, that's not respect. That's disrespectful. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, that's yeah, like, you can't, like, that's you, you build, you build respect. Like there's a respect is earned. Like they always said, but I'm like, there's always a respect that I feel like every relationship should have coming in. Like, mm-hmm. especially like whether it's professional, whether it's like any relationship. So like there should always, I feel like there should always be a baseline and then you should build from there. And I feel like that's exactly. where a good relationship, that's where good relationships blossom. Exactly. Like growing up, we always heard respect is earned, never given. But then it got to a point where I realized like that's not 100% true. I think. Exactly. 
like you just said, so there's a foundation of respect. Yeah. 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 There's a foundation of respect. Right. Everybody right. earns a certain level of it. Like it's everybody that starts right. off at level two. Anything exactly. more than that, that's what's you earned. Earn you know? Yeah, exactly. But I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna sit here, I'm not gonna sit here and like give you like just not listen to you until you say something that's actually like worthless. Like, no, bro. Like exactly. whatever you have to say, I'm gonna take it in. Like it's yeah. there should always be that sort of like you said, like that sort of baseline. And then from there it should build. Yeah, most definitely, man. So uh that's it, man. We can we can be another two hours, man. But you know, we got stuff to do, man. So yeah, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some of your flowers, bro. I'm gonna give you your flowers, man. Uh you know, working the camps with you, man, like I've I've worked a lot of camps, you know, like especially Sanford and I've been to camps and stuff, and like one thing I know is about you, bro, like you truly care. Like, you know, we've always had coaches who just kind of like go through the motions of it's like oh whatever, but like now nah, you really care about the kids and it's like somebody slacking like yo what you doing like why are you here then like you know what i mean like you genuinely care like i respect that man uh to see how you've grown since sanford man and, and to developing everything that you're doing now man i'm happy for you man and like it's dope to see what you're doing so i hope you have a good long career man and we keep growing together man and just no man. about new really what you got going in that, yeah i really appreciate that man i respect just like you said bro i see everything you're doing just as just like you see me i see you bro like everything you're doing i respect and I'm, i want to support in any way i can like you you know you know where to find me you got my number you got anything whatever you need and i'm there so i appreciate you having me on i appreciate you having this talk like this talk was this talk was real like i, I appreciate it yeah. it was i enjoyed it a lot man but yeah thank you thank you for having me on man yeah i really appreciate you coming on man um anybody that comes on and supports the podcast it really means a lot to me man so i appreciate yeah, it for it. So yeah man that's a wrap everybody uh, great interview with my bro scotty uh, thank you for listening to the podcast make sure that you are subscribed to the youtube channel uh, and show some love show some some shares and share it to somebody that want to get an understanding about the overseas game and you know learn about scotty about somebody from my home to from birmingham alabama played at hoover played at sanford like homegrown guy so showing some love follow me on social media everything at the ball jones what's social media man what you want people to follow you i should ask you that earlier um it's uh da adam 13. Get that, man. so it's da adams Yeah, follow my bro right here, man, on Instagram. Follow him, EA Adams on Instagram. Show him some love. Uh, tell him, man, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. It was dope to have you on there. It was fun, whatever. Whatever you took away from it, let, let him know, man. He took some time out to come talk to me and, and share some game with you guys. So show him some love, man. But, uh, that's it, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And tune in next week for another episode.